Let's stand together as we come now to the reading from God's Word. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you have faithfully spoken in your Word. Would you now help us by the power of your Spirit faithfully to receive that Word? In the name of Jesus, amen. Romans chapter 1 and uh, beginning at verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you find and grow community in a crazy world. I suppose we all know that uh, the world today can be a little bit crazy at times. Particularly, it seems, in the last decade or so, we have faced a number of events and experienced more uncertainty, bomb attacks, uh, than you would normally predict. These seem to be unusual times. There is change in the air, technologically, socially, globally. Perhaps the latest indicator of this crazy stage in which we live is the news about phone tapping, uh, leaked by Snowden to the mass media. Whether or not you believe those reports, it appears the government has been listening to our conversations and text messaging for quite some time. Uh, Perhaps, though, this crazy world for you is just the crazy world of trying to make sure all the children are washed, fed, and clean, and have their hair combed before the school bus arrives, or handing that project in on time for school. We are busy, busy, busy these days. I read a book written over a decade ago now, lamenting how busy people were then. It ended up by quoting from John Wesley. He said, Though I am always in haste, I am never in a hurry, because I never undertake more work than I can go through with calmness of spirit. Well, that seemed difficult enough to achieve a decade ago. How about now? I listened to a radio program describing how a 17-year-old student was looking after his 10-year-old younger sister, getting her ready for school, and then off to school himself. 17. 
It is a crazy world out there. You don't need me to tell you. You experience it. Busy, uncertain, pressure. We all, I suspect, then know that in these times, we need community to help us. After all, it was uh, someone who once said, you can acquire everything in solitude except character. Yeah, we need friends and support and encouragement today, perhaps like uh, never before. We need the feeling of contributing to something larger than simply us, something larger than simply another day, another dollar. A sense of being a part of a wider community and a wider purpose, a wider mission. But how do we find and grow community in a crazy world? I don't know whether you've uh, noticed, but churches these days try all sorts of things to achieve this. They come up with different techniques, more ceremony, better coffee, trendier facial hair, you know, the Duck Dynasty Ministry. It's just around the corner, our hair suit heroes. Now, of course, there are times we need to be brought into the modern world. Uh, some churches, it feels like you have to work to get them into the 20th century, let alone the 21st. But what is the answer? The answer actually is in front of us this morning. And Paul, you see, is writing this letter to those who are located in Rome. And we sometimes forget just how crazy a place that was. Roman society was not a backwards rural society. It was urban. It was the center of the world. It was filled with business people. It was a business society, Rome, above all other things, really. It was the original city that never sleeps. And there were crazy events like attempted coup takeovers that had happened recently within living memory, the memory of the people to whom Paul was writing. They experienced social pressure and moral pressure, too, from people around them who wanted them to live differently from the way that they were expected to live according to God, differently sexually, intellectually, all the pagan, great intellectual mind all around them. Politically, with Rome and the empire, religiously. And so Paul here in this letter, and in these two verses, 6 and 7 specifically, gives them the counterintuitive key to finding and growing community. First, you find community by realizing that you've been called to belong. And that's what Paul says in verse 6. Including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Let me break it down for us. The word called in Paul's writing always means what theologians today term the effectual calling. In other parts of the Bible, uh, the word called can mean what theologians term the general calling. But here it always means uh, in Paul, it always means the effectual calling. And here, called then does not mean an invitation to become a Christian from an evangelist or a preacher, important as that is to give. 
that would be the general calling. Elsewhere, the Bible uh, uses that kind of language. Jesus says, many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, the calling there, general calling. But here, and in Paul's writings, it always means the work of God's Spirit in our hearts that calls us, he calls us, irresistibly to him by his mighty power. The effectual calling. Well, they have been called to belong. That is, not by their own initiative, nor their own decision to join the community. They were called to belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, It's something that started with God, not with them. Not their choice, God's choice. Now, two other words here bring out this idea of the effectual calling, and they are including and loved. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Paul has already explained, verses 2 to 5 in summary, now he says is inclusive of them. It includes them. Their Christian community was not to be exclusive, but inclusive. Same with ours. We are not trying to keep people out. (laughs) We're trying to bring people in. This is not a holy club like an exclusive golf club. This is a community which includes people. And then there's the beautiful word loved and uh, loved by God. Notice how grace-filled then. The whole thing is, Augustine said about these words here, here again Paul has emphasized God's grace rather than the saint's merit, for he does not say to those loving God, but those that God loves, those beloved by God. So here we are, we're called to belong. The effectual calling, the work of the Holy Spirit, irresistibly in our hearts by his mighty power, the effectual calling to belong to Jesus Christ. We are included, we are loved. Now, why then does that help us find community? Well, it helps us find community because it helps us realize that finding community is not about finding community. It's about being found. You, it's plural here, all of you, all of you at Rome are called to belong to Jesus together. So then in a real sense, church is not something you join Church is something you are joined to. You are called to Jesus Christ, you, plural, all of you, are called to belong together to Jesus Christ. You are included, all of you. You are loved, all of you. Perhaps you've heard it said that the difference between family and friends is that you get to choose your friends. Well, I'm afraid the same is true of church. You don't choose church. Now, I hope none of us have ever thought that, have we? You are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, of course, there's a normal process of looking around and deciding which church to join. That's fine and normal. But we should not think of that process as church shopping. In other words, it's not the same as going through a membership class at a gym or surveying our options about which school to send our children to or which house to buy, which program at school to attend. No, this is family. 
You don't family shop, do you? Now, church is not about finding community. Church is about responding to being found. Actually, I think the best illustration of this comes from the book of Romans itself. You turn with me to the end of Romans, chapter 16. And, uh, you know, you have to remember, of course, here's Paul. Paul, Mr. Intellectual, you know, the great mind himself. Uh, Mr. I've got six degrees from the elite Jerusalem Academy, you know. Pharisee of Pharisees. And then you read the end of Romans, just scan down with me. It's all, all the list of names of people that he has a personal relationship with. Some of them are wonderful names, aren't they? Verse 8, greet Ampliatus. Um, Perhaps you'd like to call your child that if you're struggling. Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. That doesn't sound very much like a macho man, does it? Can you imagine going around this morning calling all your male friends beloved? But when you've been shipwrecked as often as Paul has, perhaps you can get away with it. Uh, Verse 9, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. Paul always had fellow workers. He was a team guy because he knew he was joined to the church. And then my beloved Stachys, and on and on it goes. Beloved this person, beloved that person. Why is all that? Because why, why does he look at it this way? Because church for Paul was not just an exercise in cognitive stimulation. You know, I went to church, I learnt more, result. No, church is community. Why? Because uh, for Paul, he did not find the church, Christ found him, and together with others that Christ found, he joined him with them into his church. He was called to belong. See, when we think of ourselves simply as individuals making a choice about church, we, we, we tend to treat church like just any other thing. We want the front of the bus, the middle of the road, and the back of the church, right? But if we begin to realize that we're called to belong together, we find community wherever it is that we sit, and of course, sit wherever you like. I remember one person who we invited to church And afterwards, she told us that it was so warm. Now, she didn't mean the heating. She meant that there was an atmosphere, a sensation, a feeling, if you like, a supernatural presence. This is not just a club. Christ called us to belong. Now, my friend, if we remember that, if we... If we can keep that at the forefront of our minds about church, we will then discover it much easier to find community here, whether in small groups or any other way, because it will not be a human mechanical choice, but a spiritual person, God, calling us all together. As William Temple put it, Church is the one society that exists for the benefit of its non-members. You are included. You belong. So here we are. We're here together. 
We found community. How do we grow community? Uh, you're probably saying, who has the time for that? I can barely make it to church, let alone do any more to grow the church once I'm there. Well, Paul here tells us not only the way to find community in the crazy world of Rome-like business and stress, but also how to grow community in that crazy world that we all experience in our own lives today. And the key phrase to understand how to grow community is the phrase here, which likewise begins with the word called, but has a different ending to the phrase. So we find community by recognizing we're called to belong together to Jesus Christ. We grow community by recognizing we're called to be and not just belong. And so I want you to notice then the three times repeated word called in these verses Uh, for they unlock the key to how to grow community. Look at verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle. Then verse 6, all of them called to belong to Jesus Christ. And now verse 7, they are called to be saints. So here's the counterintuitive key to unlocking the door to growing community, and it is humility. It is the humility that comes from recognizing who stands behind not only our conversion, but all our effective attempts to grow as Christians and as the church. We are called. Chris Austin, the great early church preacher known as Golden Mouthed, remarked, Paul does not say that God called the others along with the Romans, but the Romans along with the others. In other words, it would have been easy for a church like this one in Rome to become puffed up with their self-importance. They were a large church, a significant church in a city with great history. They would have looked at themselves naturally enough as important to God. But Paul tells them that they also are included It'd be like uh, arranging a meeting with a bunch of people to make a deal. And you go through the whole, whole room and uh, you notice the richest person in the room is off to one side and you leave him last of all and you finally go over to him and you say, oh, you also are included. See, humility is the necessary end result of God's gracious calling. Chris Austin goes on to say in a wonderful passage commenting on on these verses, he says that humility is the mother of blessings. See, grace called, God's initiative called, grace casts out what he called that pernicious disease of rank and status in church. We are all called to belong We are all called to be. And then in particular, to be saints, that is literally holy ones. Paul here is referencing the Old Testament people of God who were set apart uh, to be holy, to be a light to the world, uh, and uh, with that mission of holiness pointing to the holy one to God. That's what Paul means here when he says the holy, they're holy ones that they are called to be. Holiness, then, is not separation from society. 
Of course, we should be separate from evil, but it's not separation from society, as Jesus prayed, that they would be in the world, but not of the world. Holiness is not separation from society. Holiness is being a light to the world, to society. He is not holy who keeps his light under a bowl. That's not holiness. It's hiding. Holiness shines Christ's glory to the world. That's the point of being his holy ones, to shine the glory of Christ. We're called to be then holy ones. Martin Luther then said, no one becomes faithful and holy unless he is called by God. Now, I've served a number of different churches now over the years, and they all had different structures. And uh, I've come across ministries that tell us that the way to grow community, to grow a church, is to have this or that structure or technique, this kind of organization, or that sort of polity. I've served in very different structures, and while there certainly are some biblical norms of polity, eldership, for instance, in very different structures... I found that actually uh, Paul is right. So the true way to grow, grow community is not to get your structure right, though that can certainly help, uh, but to get your hearts right. It is humility being called that is the key to unlocking the door to growing community, a desire to grow in godliness by the calling of God to be holy. So here it is, practically, you're in your small group, and someone says to you, how's it going, how's your life, how's your marriage? Well, you don't have to tell them everything right there and then, but it requires humility to give enough away that the person can actually genuinely pray for you. You, you, And it, it keeps on working out. The bigger the church, the greater the need for humility and godliness. He must become greater, we must become less. The bigger the ministry God gives you, the greater will be your need for humility if that ministry is to last. I, I know at a distance one uh, uh, fellow Christian leader, he, he retired a few years ago now, but he was pastor not just of a church of thousands, but at the time, you know, ten plus thousand, tens of thousands, I think. And I don't know him personally, but I know him at a distance. And every time I come across people who know him, They all tell me what a humble man he is. Humility is the mother of blessing. It's counterintuitive, but it's true. Blessing. And so it's no surprise that uh, that is how Paul finishes, with blessing. He finishes his introduction to Romans with a blessing. Now, it's a standard thing that he does, as you probably know from his letters, and this is a standard uh, blessing of his. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end of verse 7. It is standard, but it appears here at this point to emphasize that this blessing comes from God as we reflect on who we are called to be. He employs this standard blessing for a particular purpose. So the blessing here is Paul's way of saying that all the blessings of the Old Testament, the blessing of Abraham and Isaac, Melchizedek, and Joseph, Moses, every blessing in the Old Testament comes through faith in Jesus and following Jesus now. That's how you get that blessing. Uh, Hodge said then, this linking of the Father and Christ 
as equally the object of prayer and the source of spiritual blessings is a conclusive proof that Paul regarded Christ as truly God. Well, that's absolutely right and very insightful, isn't it? It must mean that Paul thought of Jesus as God. But it also means here that Paul is saying to the Romans and to us that the way to have the blessing of God that is announced in the Old Testament is through faith in Jesus and following Jesus as their and our God. Humility, holiness, blessing. This crazy world, all this and that and the other going on, how do you renew your sense of community? How do you renew your passion for Christ's work and for Christ's people? How do you grow your community? Well, remember the three times repeated, called. Remember who is calling. Go for a walk. That should slow you down. Try actually turning off your cell phone. And the other night I was down in the basement playing with my one-and-a-half-year-old son, and I suddenly realized I didn't have my cell phone with me. It was a moment of unease. And so I thought, how ridiculous. The world does not need me. It can all wait for a few minutes. I'm with my son. Don't be so proud to think everything relies on you. Go for a walk. Turn off your phone. Shut the door. Stop. Hear the beating of your heart. Listen to all the noise going on in your head. (laughs) Take out a piece of paper and a pen, not a computer. That will mean you will check your email. I know you. Or something will go beep and distract you again. With a paper and pen, write down everything you have going on in your head. Every decision, every goal, every task, every worry. That may take some time. Fill up the pages with the data, the mental RAM that has been jammed, the the RAM, the computer data in your head. Write all that stuff out, number them, download them, look at them. They can wait too. Wait. It was Blaise Pascal who said, All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Silent. Can you hear the beating of your heart? What is going on in your head now? Who is the most important person in this room? Who has called you here? Do you belong? He has called you to belong. No one else can say you cannot come to the party if Jesus has called you. You have the royal crest on your invitation. The bouncer on the door cannot say no if Jesus says yes. One look at that invitation and you are in the door, front row seat, not shoved to the back where no one can see you behind a pillar. You belong. 
you also have someone to be holy. Let that word resound in your head like a cannon going off. When we think of holiness, we think of medieval hair shirts saying no to watching MTV or Facebook posts that are too risky. Not doing something, this, that, or the other. What does Paul mean by holy here? I can tell you the result. It's blessing, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the blessing of having faith in and following Jesus as your Lord and God. It is the blessing to be light to the world, to reach our neighbors, to grow this community. Focus on Him. The phone is off, the door is closed, your brain has unloaded its RAM list of tasks to a piece of paper, the notepad is now also pushed to one side. There he is. You open the Bible, you read it, you meet Jesus by his Spirit. And not just you individually, we all do. We are all included to belong to Him together. And suddenly, everything else seems far less important. You know, pastors struggle with all this too. Have you heard the story of the three pastors who met together for coffee one Tuesday morning? They, they discovered that all their churches had the same problem, bat infestation. One said, I've got so fed up with them that I found my shotgun and started firing at them. I, I made a few holes in the ceiling, but it didn't do anything to the bats. Another said, oh, I didn't do that. I, I, I've been trapping them. But then I drove 55 miles away and released them, and all they did is they just beat me back to the church. <laughs> the third one smiled. You know, actually, I, I've got a far better solution. I've tried it, and I know it works. What did you do? The other two asked him. Oh, he said, smiling, I, I baptized and confirmed them, and I've never seen hide nor tail them since. How do you find and grow community? Religious ceremony will not do it. Trendier buildings, cooler ambience, smoke machines, laser and jet propelled skis will not do it. Jesus. He calls us to belong. He calls us to be. Uh, perhaps you need to try him yourself. Perhaps it is hard for you to find and grow in a community like this one because you are so focused on the community. <laughs> try focusing on Christ. After all, he is what church is all about. Let's pray together.
Let's have that moment to focus on him as people of the risen King. Let's praise him with delight. Let's tune our hearts to sing together as his people called to belong and called to be people of the risen King. We praise you, Jesus, and in your name we pray. Amen.